Authentic relating for me is a, is a kind of a commitment to meeting the unknown with another and a commitment to getting to know ourselves in that. Welcome to the Art of Relating podcast, where I'm figuring out life, asking questions, becoming present with the unknown, and navigating the mystery with my dear friends. These conversations are one of my greatest resources, and I hope they can be a catalyst for you on your journey as well. I'm your host, Tammy Chow from Somatic Spirit. I'm really excited to share with you this first episode where my dear friend Zori and I discuss authentic relating and the practice of circling, which can be described as actively slowing down and treating relating as a meditation and observing whatever patterns arise within that field. And she helps me workshop my way through some intense moments of freeze when it comes to dating consciously. In relationships, I tend to go into states of freeze from my own sexual trauma history that makes it sometimes very complicated for me to be able to say what I want to in the moment. And I'm sure a lot of you can probably relate to that. And being able to talk it out with friends before I actually go into the tough conversations with a partner has been so helpful. And I really hope our conversation today might serve you as well. So I met Zori recently on my spontaneous trip to Guatemala, where I stayed in San Marcos for three weeks. And I've always heard about circling. And I went to one of her workshops where she and I just dropped in for like two and a half hours in space and such deep presence. And this practice really profoundly impacted me and I couldn't help but continue to go every Friday and also try to see how I could continue to have Zori in my sphere (laughs) because I felt such a beautiful connection and warmth with her. And we went for dinner one night in San Marcos and I don't know. Oh yeah, we got to it by talking about sometimes in the context of circling when it's between male and female that inevitably the conversation of attraction naturally comes up and how you get to kind of explore that in a space of honesty and presence without guessing. And I found that so fascinating that for me, at least, I was never taught how to do that in the context of real life dating. I'm just speaking from my experience. I can't say for everybody, but in my experience, it's felt like I, as a woman, have been conditioned to just be as attractive as possible and appear as smart and as sweet and funny and caring as possible in order to attract a man. And at some point, we hook up, right? Like making out inevitably leads to, it seems like there's supposed to be some end goal of sleeping together, which then turns into, well, are we in a relationship or not? And then it's just a combustion after combustion of so much confusion. And so for the first time in my life, I'm finally taking a step back and consciously dating and assessing my options with several people with more context of understanding attachment styles now, more looking for what's suited for me rather than seeing who will like me 
And it's not that I haven't dated several people before, but it used to be, I think, in a much more unconscious place of this is what I'm supposed to do in New York. I'm just supposed to see a bunch of people and nobody talks or tells anybody anything and or even expresses what their agendas are. And it's all very painful and confusing. And so I had the nourishing conversation with Zori, who, of course, I feel like you always meet people who are on a similar path at the right time. We had a very, it seems, similar dating history and has more recently started navigating this path. And I feel like on topics like this, navigating relationships or sexuality or all kinds of nuanced things, I feel like my only resources are Reddit seeds or Instagram or TikTok. It's hard to find which books to know how to dive into and to be honest, I just really wish I could have conversations with a lot of people and ask them, what the hell do you do when you're dating several people? Like, do you feel like you're doing something wrong? So that's the intention for today's conversation is just two friends connecting, talking about something that maybe other friends talk to each other about. And I know that I would benefit from more, com- like just the having access to more conversations like these. Because I don't think there is a right or wrong. I think it's for everybody to, to figure out on their own, but it does help to just have context and see how other people navigate the trials and tribulations that come along with figuring out how to consciously date several people in a way that feels good for you and for the other people. So welcome, Zori. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Tammy. I really appreciate the beautiful context that you set for our conversation and yeah, just, just feeling a lot of connection and resonance with you. And yeah, also a feeling of celebration, I would say of, of this way in which I feel you're finding things out as you go and, and you're allowing yourself to evolve with what life is bringing you with the experience you're, you're having and seeing, okay, this is not working or I'm going to try something else. And, and somehow I feel eventually you spoke about where, where do we go? Where do we look for answers? For me, it kind of feels like there's this movement of, yeah, like I can listen to, to different people and it definitely helps me with perspectives. And I really hope that our conversation today serves people in that way. And at the same time, it's kind of like, how much can I really meet what I'm experiencing in my life and allow myself to evolve through that and to find my way through that rather than looking for like, oh, this is the formula that we apply now for dating or for relationships. Right. Yeah. 100%. I think that's why I'm drawn to more of this conversational type of format of a quote unquote podcast. But it's even like almost just offering different options, right? Like if I only know how to date one way, at least if I just listen to the way other people do it, I can try them all out and see how they feel for me. But without anything out like any other options i feel like i'm in this free state i feel like a little girl again like i'm four years old like desperately just like not wanting to do the wrong thing <laughs> yeah <great. laughs> but yeah so i'm very excited to talk to you about your experience i guess would it help for me to kind of update you on where i am right now i'd love to hear that. so right now like i said i'm taking it deliberate time to date around, which I I usually tend to rush right into a relationship because I think I 
tend to get intimate with people very quickly since that's kind of my world where I'm just like, what's your, what's your attachment style and trauma? Let's just get as deep as possible. It's hard for me to know how to relate or know how to be intimate otherwise, which I'm curious to like, is there some formula for maybe we could be casual for the first few times we meet or something? I don't know. But right now I have two potential daters where in the past, my worldview was that love is scarce, right? That no, I just feel like nobody ever liked me. And so I would just latch on to the first attractive, semi-emotionally there person. And that would turn into a long relationship. And I've done so much work that I'm like stunned to find myself now in a position where two people that I'm very attracted to are even attracted to me. (laughs) And so I've never really been in this place of, it feels like not quote power, but like I've never been in a place where I feel like I have choice. But right now I have somebody who I met in San Marcos. I had a very, the time that I was there, we were probably intimate for the week and are still talking and are very much connected. And honestly, I feel like I'm being met emotionally in a way that I haven't ever been before. And then with someone else, I had got on two dates with them before I left for like for Guatemala for the month and then came back and just saw them again. And they're also, it's interesting. It's like one of those situations where on paper, this seems like so well suited. But yeah, now I'm in this weird bind almost. It just feels like I'm being torn left and right and I'm doing something wrong. I think with the person in San Marcos, there's a lot of more clear communication because I feel like very connected and we're deeply emotionally talking in that way. And so I brought up the other day, how much do you want to know about me dating other people? Like how much do you want to know if I go on a date? And he sort of said, well, I'm more hurt by the idea of our trust being destroyed. Like I think our trust is the most important thing. And what hurt, he said, what hurts me the most is if I feel like I'm on the outside with you and I want to be on the inside. So I don't want to feel you withdrawing and having me guess like, what, what did I do wrong? I'd rather you tell me what you're doing. And then on my side, of course, like that all sounds so beautiful and wonderful to navigate life in that way. But I'm noticing really big body contractions in doing this because it reminds me of when I was like a teenager and I would cheat and create all of this drama and lose love. I was, I kind of created a lot of turmoil because that's just my understanding of love back then. And so it's so interesting because it feels like I'm doing something wrong. And I find myself even stalling, to be honest, even though that's the agreement because, and I, and I even said to him, I'm scared that if I'm honest, that you'll go away. And that's really like the core fear. So yeah, I'm just curious. Hope that for you. Yeah, what comes up for me hearing you is that I can definitely relate to this experience of what happens if actually I want to take my time before diving deeper with somebody. And the fact that that opens space for such situations in which you might be actually seeing several people at the same time, because it it might take you even months before you decide Mm -hmm. whether or not you want to continue with somebody. So then all of that time, it makes sense that Mm -hmm. at least until you feel it, you can stay open to meet others. 
But then it's like, at least for me, and I hear for you too, there's all of this like kind of contraction of like, oh my God, like, how do I navigate that? And how will everybody feel? And especially, at least for me, it feels like one of my core values is authenticity, right? So, so I know for me, it's important to reveal. It's kind of like I've been in situations where the other person, for example, hasn't wanted to know things that I reveal to them, not necessarily in this context, but like I've been in those kinds of situations and I've seen that like, actually that in itself <laughs> is enough to tell me I don't want to be around that person. I don't want to be close with, because actually um, I can't be myself. Wow. I didn't even I can't think be myself. That. I can't be honest with them. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, well, that's a core value and I want that in my relating. So it's not just about what they want. It's also about what I'm looking for. And <laughs> you just blew yeah, my mind. So, so it's just, yeah, really appreciating hearing you navigating a similar kind of dynamic. I'm curious what blew your mind. You said, I think you having witnessed me encircling, like that my tendency is to jump outside of myself and cater to the other, right? Like growing up with an alcoholic father who I was very much emotionally managing since the age of four, which is almost like a life or death thing. Cause if I, if he dies, I'm dead. <laughs> Who's going to take care of me? So I'm constantly like, how are you doing? What are you like? How can I get you something so that you're okay? And that's my tendency with men, especially. And so the fact that you see like with the other person who I haven't even broached this topic with about like, Hey, I'm seeing several people. I'm still in my mind being like, well, when's the right time to even bring this up? Or maybe I shouldn't bring it up until he does because it's all in an effort to not make them upset so that they don't go away. But what you just said was mind blowing because obviously if I bring it up and they can't be in the stance with me, then we don't really have much left relating left to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If authenticity and honesty is important to you, because I've actually had these conversations with friends for whom it's like, there could be, for example, that somebody had um, an evening out with someone or they even slept with them or whatever happens. And it's kind of like, almost like an unspoken agreement that these are things that we don't share with each other. We can do them, but just don't speak about them. So it's like, there's people <laughs> that navigate relationships like that. And I don't know how it works exactly because it just doesn't work for me. For me, it's kind of like, well, yeah, a core component of a relationship of intimacy for me is trust and safety. And that is built through revealing what's happening for us and and trusting each other, trusting that even if something not so nice is going on, we'll know about it. Because then it's like you have information with which to work of like what's happening between us and, and you have a shared reality. If you don't have that, like for me, it's very, very difficult to navigate it. Yeah. Well, I have two questions from that. I guess one is how early on, say you're already seeing one person or two person, two people. And then you meet somebody else. How many dates getting to know them do you think that you would bring this up? I feel like it's an interesting question and I don't have like a, like an answer that's like, yeah, on the third day. <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes in. 30 minutes in. <laughs> I feel like it's just kind of feeling into also each other's intentions because it's it, for me, that's one thing I feel like bringing here. Like when I meet 
a man, like I don't necessarily have this idea of like, okay, I'm going on a date or like I'm going out dating. Like just my personal trajectory with, with those kinds of things is, is more like, oh, I just go out with this person and, and, and just like I would with another friend. Right. And because there's clearly like a, a nice dynamic between us or something and we want to get to know each other or something like that. But I don't have it in my mind like, oh, this is a date. We're starting to look at each other in that way. I, I have it more as, yeah, that's that's just two people getting to know each other. And I can acknowledge, for example, if attraction is there for me and I don't know if it's there for them until they share that. So it's it's kind of like, it's interesting because like this whole concept of dating is not something that is is easily there for me and is part of my history. Like it wasn't there. I grew up in Bulgaria. I like dating was not a word I used. It's like, oh, I'm just going out with you. It's like, so it's kind of like, yeah, for me, that's part of the difficulty also of navigating this because it's like, well, who am I dating? <laughs> It's like, and, and when can you say now dating somebody in order to have to reveal right. that to somebody else? <laughs> I guess like for me, it's more about when <laughs> I can acknowledge when there is attraction on my side or attraction from the other side that is being shared. Yeah. And when that happens, for example, with, with more than one person, then, then it's like, okay, there's conversations here to be had with both of them. That, that's how I feel and that's how I approach it. Right. And do you feel like you're usually the one that brings it up first? I'm not the one that brings up the attraction first, usually. But if I am in a circumstance where there is somebody else that, that I'm seeing that I have an attraction to, I will probably bring that up, even if the other is, is not asking or not thinking about their experience with that. But it's not something I'm, I'm experiencing all the time. It's like, I just remember we were speaking with you that it came up for you and it had come up for me just like a few weeks earlier. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just feel like in the States, the dating thing is real, especially with apps, right? I mean, in San Marcos, it might be different because it's so much more organic, which is maybe why I feel a lot more comfortable with the dater in San Marcos because it evolved organically and hanging out as friends until it was more romantic versus here where we met up first from an app. So it's like a first date, then it's a second date, then it's a third date. And yeah, there is something so tiring and weird and like unnatural about it. So it makes, it puts me in this weird bind of, okay, it's going really well. But yeah, again, that fear of stating, hey, this is where I'm at and dating several people of that fear of like them then not being interested, I guess. I hear you. And but I want to appreciate the transparency of intention that the dating word brings and that this approach brings. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, for me, it's like, it's very difficult to navigate a relationship with such a kind of like, oh, this is what we're here for. And if that doesn't work, I'm not interested in anything with you. And like, like for me, it's like very outcome driven. And that is, is like, I don't know, it just takes away something of the way that I would like to approach relationships, which is much more emergent, much more like, oh, I'm feeling like drawn here and I'm feeling a good energy here. And I'm just going to go that way and see where that takes me with this person. And it's not necessarily 
so many times it has happened that I go like just towards somebody and maybe there is some attraction and maybe something happens or maybe something doesn't happen. And eventually like we end up doing something completely different or being friends or being creating a project together. Like, so it's kind of really looking at each other in that wider context of the human beings just being drawn to connect with each other and following that thread, whatever it, it takes them. Right. And I think that's why the conversation of Polly has been, well, that was like at one point for me and my partner of six years, big conversation. And just reading into that world, I think it brings a lot of richness around that, around less rigidity, around defining things, I think at first and letting things be allowed and evolve. But I guess just as you're speaking, it's almost like the way that I can approach, say, the person that I met online to bring in more of this because it's not his fault and it's not my fault. It's just the way that it's set up that from an app, it puts this weird pressure cooker on it where there's less communication. And I actually feel like I've been kind of thinking in my head that it's more about the partners, like partner in San Marcos makes me feel like I could be my full self while partner here. I feel like I have to be a version of myself, but it may not be just about the people. It may be about the context in which we've met. And so I wonder if I can... You know, and because the partner in San Marcos, we went to circling, we, we communicated in the context of that aliveness of being with, with what's here right now and being radically honest. So it's almost like I could just maybe try bringing that in to the one here and seeing how it might evolve. And if it's not, and still, if it's still not as open and as, and as expansive, then I kind of have my answer, I guess, for whether it's a match for me or not. Yeah, this is bringing up something else for me that that's an interesting kind of thread that I've been watching, which is like, for example, yes, in that situation, it is your choice to reveal more of yourself and see how that affects the relationship, where, what happens, how the other responds, you know, and that's definitely part of the dance of deepening or connecting and building intimacy. And for me, one of the things I've noticed with, with somebody that right now I'm actually collaborating with that also had this thread at some point of, of like, there was some attraction and, and things like that between us. It was so powerful to actually be with a man that was leading in that vulnerability, that was leading in with the courage to reveal what's happening for him. Mm-hmm. And somehow through that, I felt like it was creating more safety for me to do that. And, and it felt so relieving to my sister that, okay, like I don't have to try and bring myself in like piece by piece and, and, and all of that, but somebody else is on that same journey and I can see it through their actions. And then it's kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it, it's kind of bringing up this question for me of like, yeah, when in a situation like this, yeah, of course I can choose to reveal, but also like, what am I looking for in terms of the other person and their courage to reveal themselves too? And how is that being reflected in that situation? Yeah, I think ideally that's what I am looking for, right? And then, I mean, my whole theme in my work and and my dating right now is I don't have to work so hard where all of my upbringing and need for safety would have wired me otherwise, right? So when I go into relationships in the past, expending so much of myself, saving them, giving so much just to keep love, 
and also based on what I witnessed growing up with my parents. But yeah. And so then is it like, in order to attract or or make sure that it's the right person that I would hold back and be <laughs> kind of not even bring anything to the table to see how they show up. Yeah, I hear you. And for me, it kind of feels like the answer should not be that we hold back. I, I feel like there's just dynamics that arise between two people, which make it easy to be ourselves. And then dynamics that make it harder, right? Would you name that if you're in a dynamic where you find that it's hard to be yourself just to see if that could open up to something? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, like, it's there for a reason. If I find myself in such a situation, it's there for a reason for me to dare and have the courage to to speak and to, to show myself as I am. So we can still take that opportunity to learn and grow and at the same time be very mindful of, like, if that continues to be the way and, and like, and I feel like I keep on needing to try hard to bring myself in or, or to, to review something. Well, maybe that's not the right dynamic for me with another. I guess what's coming for me is almost like if I was listening to this conversation, I'd want to have almost an example of what it's like to bring that up within a relationship. Like if we were to just workshop me and this person here, right? Like, this is just me speaking without their presence. I feel like this person is on paper, kind of like the kind of guy that I would pedestalize, like in high school and college, the kind of guy that I assume would like other girls that are more established and prettier and, and cooler than me. And so there is some element of being somewhat intimidated by him or feeling like I need to fit something that he is looking for, even though I am looking for somebody he could meet me in my full depths. And I feel like completely powerful in that when I'm not in his presence. But then the second I'm in his presence, for whatever reason, I feel like one eighth of me is there, even though I like allude to and talk about all of these things. Yeah, I just find myself holding and I find like there's like a like an anxiousness in my chest. And I feel like he has asked me a lot or like I've talked a lot about my history and trauma and everything, but I don't feel like he's offered much and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure. Maybe it's because I've said I'm not trying to fix anybody anymore. I don't want to attract men who could be more my client than my partner. <laughs> but and I kind of want to know. And he's almost like, so good at being sensual that it triggers my fear of when a man is like too smooth. Cause I'm like, who, like you, you do this with all, every woman or how to do this. You know how to be physically intimate in such a good way, but I'm not met yet emotionally for my body to even feel my heart to feel open, even though it's like I find myself going along with emotions, but. Yeah. So that's where I'm at, I guess. And where I was thinking of opening up the conversation was something along the lines of, because I'm picking up that he might be a little bit avoidant, have avoidant tendencies. And so I think where I was going to, what I was going to say was, I feel like I've shared a lot of my self and my inner world. And I have a desire to get to hear more of yours before I feel um, more safe to open up intimately, like before we progress intimately, I guess. Hearing you say that, I'm just very mindful of like this little light that 
that went in my head that's like before we progress and before we we go intimate you know it's like it's already like if you give me this i'll give you that and i'm just like ah don't do that like just as your friend i'm like don't offer yes. yourself just for some piece of information like just just like yeah there's something right. there's something of yeah inviting him to share but then maybe also like being checking in with yourself if it's true that if he would do that you would go further and if it isn't then just being honest about that like hey I'm, I'm definitely here i'm definitely interested in continuing to explore and seeing where this goes between us i can't guarantee where it's gonna go because we're still getting to know each other and in that context like somehow okay i'm interested to know more about you like just the something of like not not tying that to an outcome totally thank you so much for pointing that out and that was a big pattern in the past right so much of my i'm sure like a lot of people who follow me i talk a lot about sexual trauma and journeying through that and right now i'm in a container where i'm being witnessed by a woman unpacking like very just a cluster funk of relational assault in my life that i feel like i haven't pieced apart in this way and so that has been a very confusing part is the ways that i've given my body up in efforts to survive or to not be abandoned. So thank you so much for picking up on that. This is why I'm starting to talk to more friends and listening to more friends in my dating life <laughs> because it's so easy to be caught up in my trauma vortex. Like I don't know right from wrong. Like I, it's been so valuable this time around, just really getting reflections from my friends. Because in the past, I think I've been like, I'm so intuitive. Like I can just like go with my gut, but you know, it's, it's a little bit confusing in there because of all my experiences. So it really helps to have your reflection. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for sharing so vulnerably yeah, about it, your experience and yeah. And just, just this, this questions that they're coming for you. I, I really appreciate you for that. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I just, I just wish that we could all, this is like what I'm talking about on the dates with him. And I wonder if he's just a little scared of me because I'm, these are the conversations that I just want to have with everyone in my life all the time. And I'm sure it's maybe not for everyone, but maybe I am looking for the partner who isn't scared to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can have compassion for him if, if that's truly what's happening for him, but you can always inquire. That's part of what we've been exploring in authentic relating, right? It's like you, you can always reveal your assumptions and say, Hey, like, I've been sharing all these things with you and I haven't heard much about you. And to me, that feels like I make this assumption about you, right? That you're scared to show more of yourself or something like that. And I, I wonder if that's true or like what's really happening to you. I love that. It's so funny because when I'm in the context of dating, I'm in such a freeze sometimes that I literally forget all of my tools. And so this conversation is almost like me rehearsing so that I don't forget in real time, like what to say, like how to say things. <laughs> well, okay. So, and I think the physical, but I, there is something around the physical intimacy part that I want to bring up. And he, he has said, like, he knows what I'm going through with the container and everything. And he's very much said, Hey, you can say anything at any time with me, but I don't know how to explain it, but with the physical intimacy thing, like it's, it's what I told you, but it's like, how do I tell him? Like for me, I, I just want to be like, yeah, I feel like you're so good at physical intimacy. I, it feels like you're just flipping over the emotional intimacy part. And it makes me feel like you're like way too smooth. And it makes me feel really suspicious. <laughs> but how do you say that? 
in the context, because like naturally my defenses are so up that it comes out as blame like that. Or if I were to broach it before rehearsing, like we are now. Yeah, I would, I would say like maybe something along the lines of, I noticed that I don't feel safe with you because what? like I noticed that I don't feel safe with you because I don't know much about you. And it would really help me. Mm-hmm. I love that. If you would reveal a bit more. Gosh, it's so funny when you say that there's something that happens in my chest because it's so vulnerable. It's so like, I feel like there's tears behind my eyes because it's coming from that really little girl place that feels so unsafe. And I think it's hard to say to the person that you don't feel safe with because you don't know if they're going to meet you. And if they don't meet you, you have your answer. Yeah. And then have their answer. And, 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 and so it's, it's good for both of you to be clear. Oh, this is not going to work. We're not compatible that way. We're looking for different things. Yeah. I'm curious if you ever had like a weird phase of navigating this. Cause I think, yeah, the fear of abandonment and rejection that's just kind of wired naturally from youth is there. But I'm curious if you encountered any of that for rejection, for example, cause in this instance, I'm, fearful of being rejected. I'm fearful of not being chosen by this person. Yeah, it's like, for me, what's coming up is like, I was in a relationship for nine years in which that fear of abandonment was very strong. And it was, it came to a point in the last phase of the relationship where it was literally like, almost like he, it felt like he had to choose between me and his, and, and his work and his, and his career. Even though like there was ideas of how to make it work and whatever, like eventually it just felt a little bit like that. And I think throughout that relationship, even though I was not fully realizing it, I was in that please choose me position in all kinds of ways. Like, I was, I was feeling abandoned. I was, I was like with this anxious attachment in the beginning, like I was always the one calling and everything. And then I remember like we went through the shift. It don't, it took about a year probably in which I was like, okay, I'm just going to stop calling. <laughs> I see what happens with this relationship. And we broke up and then we came back together. Like it was, it was like a full, like crazy thing. Cause I was like, I'm just not going to initiate. And then there was all this space of like, well, nothing's going to happen then. Yeah. <laughs> Or like, <laughs> and, and so little by little disentangling this like abandonment stuff and like all the, yeah, all the challenges I had around that. It's been huge for me. Right. So like in that relationship, there wasn't this type of conscious, like when you stopped calling, it's not like there was the conscious relating or authentic relating between you two. I mean, like I did share with him the path I was on and that I was wanting to connect more with my feminine and to get out of this attachment style and, and all of that. Uh, it was several years ago. I, I don't think I used those words specifically, <laughs> attachment style, but like I shared with him, like that this doesn't feel like how I want to continue. And yeah. And initially he was actually very encouraging. It's just that his behavior did not change immediately. And so, so it was just a difficult time, but I'm very grateful because today I feel like it's much easier for me in the context of dating, for example, to look at somebody and be like, you know what? Like if they walk away, I'm happy they've walked away. It's like, it's like, because if they were really meant to stay, like there's nothing I could do that could scare them away. And if, if, if they get scared away or if they give up, then good. <laughs> it's like they're making space for someone that's more right for me. I know. 
I feel like I've heard that for 20 years. And it's like this interesting embodiment journey as a woman of being told that your whole life and knowing it from here, like knowing your worth and they're not your person, right? And then every time going into dating, the physical somatic pain <laughs> of navigating it is so real that, yeah, maybe that's kind of where I'm at now. And so I'm on the precipice of really putting that in action, like almost being so, I don't want to say scary, but wild that it's like, can you even stick around? And that's kind of the attitude that I want to have going in. But it's just interesting because I do feel like in my own personal work, I'm gearing up and I'm, and I, and I have that energy. And then I enter into the container of relating and it just feels so different. It's so funny watching my body contract again and hold and forget the words and forget even how to navigate it. Yeah. Was that a learning curve for you? Did you experience that? Definitely. And like, I feel a relationship has been different, but more and more, especially because of my work with authentic relating, I feel like I've gravitated towards people that value authenticity as well. And so there's been that opportunity to actually be with those sensations and emotions as they arise with each other and to work through them together. I'm really proud of myself. Like, for example, this person that more recently appeared in my field and initially I was very attracted to him. And because of some <laughs> similar experiences I've had in the past where it's like this big attraction and when diving in a bit too soon and then like experiencing all the consequences of that, I said, you know what? Like, I only want to go in when all of me is in. I want to move deeper into intimacy, not only when my sexuality and my heart are, are here and are connecting, but I want my consciousness to be on the same page. And for my consciousness to be on the same page, I really need to get to know this person. So even though I feel this huge attraction towards them, I'm actually not going to act on it. And I'm actually going to sit with them. And I even showed him a little bit of authentic relating. And I was like, let's sit with this. Let's sit with what we're feeling. And like just really trusting myself in my ability to hold those boundaries. And I'm very grateful I helped them <laughs> because of everything that I found out after. And I've been seeing like we're not compatible with that person. Wow. You mean so it was like the attraction was clear on both sides and that was stated and present between you two. And obviously he wanted to move in intimately. And when you say intimately, does that also even count like touch, like in cuddling or holding hands or even like a simple hand on the back? Because there's like different stages of intimacy too that I feel like women aren't taught. <laughs> it's just expected that it's from zero to a hundred. And is that part of it? Yeah, for me, it's kind of like touch is definitely something that has been delicate because I haven't been so touchy with my family as a child. So I know that I'm quite sensitive sometimes, especially when there's attraction. If it's a friend, of course, I'm happy to give each other a hug or, or something. But like, if there is attraction happening, <laughs> there's, there's touch happening that is before I'm ready for that. Actually, it happened in that context. And I, and I had to like several times like push it back afterwards, like just realizing, oh, he reached out for my hand and I'm like, oh, kind of sneaking out and then like then afterwards yeah after like, I write him hey this is what's happening I don't feel like this this is okay for me to to be holding hands right now 
and and like just in the moment like like you say can be such a strong response and like not necessarily the context of like okay let me sit down with this and tell you all about it so it's been kind of like sometimes i can't react on the moment all i can do in the moment is like oh i, I feel like i don't want to be holding hands and pull out and then afterwards i can share what happened unless he asks me in the moment in which i can reveal so that's been there and then in time i would say that I opened more to to just hug each other or like sit next to each other and have a point of touching or something that's felt comfortable, but also because like I have felt more comfortable with like him knowing my boundaries and not overstepping them, like knowing, okay, so maybe, maybe I can be around you in that way, but like deeper intimacy, I'm not open to with you right now. And this is that. It's almost like because we're so trained, I feel like in dating, most of the time is spent being flirtatious and getting to know each other that how I'm seeing it is sometimes there is a more serious, not serious, but like a different context of time carved out to state things like touch or, for example, bringing in a more authentic relating type approach to check in about where each other are at. For example, for this person that lives here where I'm at, yeah, like that it would kind of be like that, for example, because it's like in your, what you just shared, when somebody just reaches over and tries to take your hand without, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way that we've been socialized, right? But for example, like I've been intimate with him and now it's like I'm second guessing it or I have thoughts about it, then it is kind of like, it is kind of on me to bring that up, I guess. Exactly. It's, it's, it's their job. <laughs> Is, is the man's job to, to reach out and to initiate that growing closeness with, with the woman. I, I feel like people could say that things are not so clear cut, masculine, feminine, and the roles we have and everything. Of course, there's all kinds of exceptions to that. But like for me, I just feel good receiving that kind of initiation from, from a man. And so then, so then, however, I have to be in my feminine power to say yes or no to that to hold my boundary if, if it doesn't feel right. Right. And I think in the past, without understanding relating, I would have talked to my friends and been like, he's not even meeting me where I'm at emotionally and he's already moving so far physically. I'm going to write him off now because all he wants is sex. But I think that I'm then a jumping, jumping quickly to an assumption and I haven't even spoken my needs, my boundaries, exactly. assumptions for check to them. Yeah. It's a dance, it's a dance and it's, so it's that like is on me. That's, that's my, the man yeah. to know what we need and what we're looking for and what feels safe to us. So it's kind of like every woman is going to be different. So it's up to us to know ourselves and to, yeah, have the courage to review the parts that apply to a certain situation. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> help me, Zori. How do I bring up the slight discomfort or fear? <laughs> like, cause we got to, I don't feel safe because I don't know you enough. Or what was it? I don't feel safe because I don't know enough about you. But how do I say that in terms of how we're progressing intimately? Because we are like intimately, we haven't slept together, but we've moved in that direction. And it seems like every time we progress closer to that. So now where I almost feel like without speaking anything that's expected, even though I think he's already said he can say anything at any time, but I want to be able to say something that 
highlights. I want to get to know him more and I want to feel more depth of vulnerability and that I feel a little uncomfortable that we just continue to progress intimately without having more depth in the other areas. Yeah, I, I really hear you. And I guess like a question I have here is what level of intimacy you're comfortable with, with the level of knowledge you have of him right now. And if, if that means you actually pulling out a little bit from the point you've reached and saying, you know what? I feel like I need to step back over here because like, I feel this is the place from which I can feel safe in getting to know you before I'm ready to go back. And I'm, I'm sorry. Like this is, this is really, it's not about him. It's how you have been responding to his invitations. And if you feel that you have overstepped your own boundaries of how far you are willing to go there, it's just really owning that of like, I feel like I've, I've done that rather than, oh, you're doing this or you're, or we're doing this. Like it's just kind of like bringing it back. Yeah. I think in the past, it, the story would have always been, you're the one leading way too far when we haven't been deep enough emotionally. But now, yeah, I think it is feeling a little bit of a desire to scale back, almost like a fear or almost like for me, moving further, even though I thought that, I mean, in the moment, I think it did feel okay, but it gets confusing. I think in the moment, because of everything in the heat of the moment. And then now it feels like it's almost like old patterning of moving in that direction to find deeper closeness or in hopes of it leading to the deeper emotional intimacy, which I don't think is achieved through advancing. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love the just owning that I may have moved further than I wanted. And I'm noticing that I don't feel safe because I want to get to know more about you and your inner world. I feel like I've shared a lot and that is my desire. <laughs> Beautiful. How do you feel with that? How do you feel with that right now? Saying that, feeling that it feels like I kind of want to cry. It's so, it's like every time I get to a place like this, it feels so simple, but it, there was such a block and a big wall up to even get to say it. And to say it feels so easy. Like there's a, a way through, right? I feel like I can exhale and I feel like now I just get to see how they respond and it has nothing to do with being abandoned or rejected. I feel like I didn't self-abandon like with myself right now by being able to get there. Beautiful. Thank you, Zori. Thank you. I didn't realize this would turn into a personal session. <laughs> I didn't realize it either, but like, I, I just really, really appreciate how, how open and honest you are and vulnerable you are with this. And yeah. Thank you. Revealing in front of other people. And I feel like the world needs more of that vulnerability so that we know, oh, we're all navigating this and here's some other approaches, here's some other ways. I feel like I didn't come online expecting to almost like, I don't know what the hell I would call myself now. I feel like I've changed my title a million times, but now I think my title just says like authenticity, attachment, and trauma healing, the things that I'm really interested in. But navigating the online space and figuring out how to show up as a quote unquote leader, practitioner, teacher, coach, whatever, and going more and like it requires us to be more in our authenticity which ironically requires us to be more of a human 
And so that's where I'm it's so hard because we think that we're going to be more and more of experts, but we actually are just publicly becoming more and more of somebody who sits here like, I don't fucking know anything. <laughs> I feel like I have no choice but to lead with vulnerability because I don't feel like I have any other, I don't have anything else going for me besides my interest in these topics and my, my curiosity to keep being authentic in them, which means that's why I was really drawn to that term surrender leadership encircling. And I'd love to hear from your words, how you would describe authentic relating or circling or your path or whatever you want to share in your world. Tells what it is to you. Yeah, in, in the context of what we're exploring, I kind of feel like authentic relating for me is a, is a kind of a commitment to meeting the unknown with another and a commitment to getting to know ourselves in that, getting to know that which, which we can know the most, which is like <laughs> this, this actual human and that we can sense that we can feel, okay, I have this body, I have these emotions, I have these thoughts coming. Like these are the things that are the easiest to know. So let's know them and authentically share them so that we can really navigate the complexity of relating with one another. And uh, yeah, my path with this really, it's been almost, I think it's five years and a half now that since I first met this practice of authentic relating and specifically circling because authentic relating is a term that includes many, many different practices and ways of being with another. There's all kinds of authentic relating workshops that are more focused on play or, or like a, on a more like fun way of getting to know each other uh, that can also get deep and can get meaningful, but it has that more like, yeah, a little bit more of a scripted, like, let's do this, let's do that. Whereas, whereas circling is more of a deeper dive into an organic unfolding of the present moment in what happens between us when we get together, when we sit together, what relational patterns emerge between us and what happens when we watch them. Not with the intention of healing them or fixing them, of making ourselves any different than what we are, but just, just really watching what happens and trusting that. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. I laugh because Zori and I, in one of the later sessions, Zori got to witness me as I spent two hours trying <laughs> to get breadcrumbs of softness or affection or anything I could out of a man that was a very triggering archetype for me in one of our sessions. And I just watched myself almost like the image in my mind would be with like a big ass shovel, just like working, shoveling, like working away, at like trying to find some gold of when this man would accept me or, or show me some vulnerability <laughs> and just kind of showed me my style of relating and partnership in a condensed two hour window, which was mind blowing to me because I walked away from that saying, I am so glad that that happened in a two hour window rather than another tumultuous six month relationship. And I don't have to break up with you. And I also don't have to spend two months winding down from that disaster either. Even though I think every single relationship teaches us some things so I'm not saying. I was just appreciative that there was a container like this. And I also feel like this is a perfect time to talk about something that we're creating together. Amazing. I would love that. Yeah. So 
from my fascination of circling and my background of attachment, healing attachment patterns and trauma healing. I kind of come from the world where, you know, of Western therapy, where uh, safety is prioritized above all else in order to heal trauma. And then I also have a thirst for, in my work, I lead women through the depths of the underworld. How do we reclaim our rage, our sexuality and grief as something that's not negative or something to be fixed or healed, but rather part of my full you know, Kali, multiple arms, <laughs> self, that is so much part of my power as much as my softness and compassion and vulnerability. And so as much as I hold the safety and beauty of that format of healing in a one-on-one setting, I've also always been drawn to containers like my first experience really in a big group setting was radical aliveness, which to me, had the flavor of circling where I had a big group process where I was kind of moving through the first time of people seeing my internal rage and also processing this assault for the first time. But the context of that container was sort of like anything goes. Conflict is welcome. Like our triggers are here so that we can dance with them and hold them together and be in that lucky, tangible tension together and that there is a way through and that on the other side of that i love what you said is sort of like finding myself by being with another on the other side of that it's like i found more of myself by being in conflict and being in a place that i would have otherwise avoided because our society is kind of built on politeness and we don't go there and so i think that's what i found through surfing too and seeing more of myself seeing where i meet somebody else and what happens and now navigating that through dating and so i am really inspired to almost and i brought this to zori because i feel like we're perfectly at either end of the spectrum where i come from that world of safety and zori is in this beautiful alive circling <laughs> authentic relating world and I had, I have this vision of having a container where we start with agreements and start with teaching people about their attachment styles and actually teaching people how you can interface with different attachment styles within relationships. Like just because somebody's anxious and you're avoidant doesn't mean it won't work. You actually can learn tools in relating to, to help each other grow and, and help love each other and move towards secure, which I find really beautiful. And also even just exercises like noticing to begin to notice how you might say if you are in an anxious attachment style like that you may jump out like and immediately all of your attention and energy is on the other person and you kind of lose yourself or you might notice that you kind of tend to be disassociated and want to have distance from the person you're looking at in an exercise so almost creating a container where I bring the awareness and the safety and everything that I've learned in this world of safety so that we can kind of have that nurtured setting of like, we're all here for the same reason. And then slowly, as we get to like find more wholeness through related relational safety, almost open up to, I don't want to say danger, but I love the word danger, open up to more of the healthy conflict and the clunky conversations, the messier things. And getting to invite all of ourselves into the space and 
then practice and witness and see how we make it through now with our tools and with a sense of trust and safety in the world, because I, we don't live in a safe world. So to me, if the care stops at just safety, then we're expecting people to go out in the world and only find safe people to relate with. But what if we get to equip people with the empowerment that comes from navigating those clunky things and getting to the end of that? Then they get to relate, like the whole world is a video game, like every relationship is. And that's so exciting to me. And so that's kind of the context of Tyria's story, if you have something to reflect on that. Yeah, what, what I'm noticing is, first of all, just just an appreciation of that same session of authentic relating, which you, you pointed to earlier where you were like looking for those breadcrumbs of softness, of, <laughs> of like openness in another. It really made me a huge impression in that moment. And I can only imagine what it's like been like for you in the context of relationships. But when it comes to actually creating safety for another or creating safety, even in a group field, I, I have a lot of admiration for you in the way that I saw you do it in real time in that context yeah. with this person. And then at the same time, as you say, like there's, there's something, we have that safe space to, to learn some new things, but there's also something about meeting that clunkiness, meeting the unknown, going into a space that's not so much about safety, but it's about having courage to go into places that are not so comfortable to go into vulnerable places, to, to be with conflict, to be with our triggers, to not let them sit, okay, I'm going to deal with this later. No, like, let's bring it now. Let's see what's happening now. And kind of moving from this kind of exploration that's more like reflective of like how I have been or how I would like to be in relating into a space that's more about real time watching of how am I in relation with others and, and really what is it that arises in that that's outside perhaps even of my concepts of myself and my ideas of how I show up. And can I allow myself to actually meet myself as I am outside of those contexts and, and like watch my body get angry with something I would not think I would get angry with, but like that's what actually is happening and like, and, and move through that in a, in a shared space. Yeah. I'm inspired by this because everybody's talking about how do I be more authentic, but it's actually pretty fucking scary to start practicing being authentic out in the real world first. Exactly. And for me, listening to what's coming up is also like an acknowledgement that when we come into a container that somebody else is holding with an intention of making it safe for us to to process some of the deeper layers that maybe we would not be able to access without that safety. There is that important step of, okay, I've done that. I've received that. And then can I move into another space where that safety is no longer something that someone else is holding for me, but it's something that comes back as my own responsibility of how I hold myself in this moment, right? So it's, it's kind of, it's not that safety disappears. It's more like, oh, I take ownership of how I be, of what I experience, right? Right. And I feel like having intentionality around this container to get to have that felt sense of almost, I've got me, which is what I think we're all looking for. But sometimes it gets really confusing where when we're in the context of actual real relationships, trying to do that versus 
a container that's created where we get to practice that because like in, you know, the world of trauma, we are constantly going towards the same relationships to complete a cycle that didn't get to happen in our childhood. For example, if I need my dad to make me feel safe or respond to me in a certain way, and I never got it, no matter what ways I tried to make him feel safe or happy or whatever, I'm repeating that in all of my relationships. But I may not actually be feeling that or moving through or witnessing that in the same way I would in a container like that we're creating because I'm so busy trying to get my need met in this relationship that when they give me those breadcrumbs, I'll think that I've won. Like then I'm like, cool. And I never get to examine who am I anymore? Like I don't even see that I've left myself. Whereas like, for example, in circling or in this container, my hope is that people get to see that in a space that's almost removed from the heightened hormones and everything of being in relationship in real life to get to just like get to really examine your own patterns, which I think is what's really valuable in this container. Absolutely. I love that. I'm grateful for this opportunity because it's bringing these two two parts. One is my work with authentic relating where I feel like more than ever, I'm realizing how important it is for me to commit to meeting the unknown in the present moment, exactly as it is. Like I feel that edge for me right now, as I speak with you, is connecting with the way that I approach dating, the way that I approach relating with men and really bringing those two together, bringing those those two that might sometimes feel like, okay, yeah, I bring elements of authentic relating here, but right now my edge with that is I want to be with the unknown. I really want to meet myself in that way. And I really want to meet also the people that I'm meeting with that curiosity, with that openness, with that, with that depth and like really owning that desire in myself and really connecting those dots in this moment. So I'm very grateful for, for our conversation because it's bringing me there. Thank you so much for tuning into the first episode of the Art of Relating podcast. If you want to learn more about creating connection without losing ourselves, Zori and I have an upcoming three-month program on the Art of Relating. We'll be learning about how to create a secure relationship with ourselves, spirit, and others while staying true to our own authenticity. You can find that in the show notes below and on my website. See you next time on the Art of Relating. Live in a jungle concrete Like a belly gone rumbling Only wants a taste of the sky Wind and fire set in the seeds For the son of his son to come with him one day Taste the roots He was born from Passing the story How all hands came together as one